0: What is happening, world? I'm your host, the Wizard of the Oz, Benji Wozniak. And this week, Kieran and I will be talking about the uh, Stop Animation Wendell and Wild.
1: Yes. Now this, for those of you who don't know, it is a Netflix original. uh, So it did go straight to streaming, did not have any theater release. Um, And it comes to you from Monkey Prop Productions. And those horror heads know that that is Jordan Peele's production house. So he was very heavily involved. He actually co-wrote it with Henry Selleck and produced it and starred in it. (laughs) Um, This movie is directed by Henry Selleck. Of those of you who don't know, Henry Selleck has done Coraline as well as Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, so this I this movie, I think, falls in vein of like his very good like stop animation kind of like kooky style. Um. And I thought it was really modernized and really brought to life. What did you think, Ben? So I was talking to you earlier about uh, Claymation.
0: So yes. uh, when I was younger, there was a show called David and Goliath, and it was my first interaction with. Uh, Claymation, where it was a Mormon based uh, ethical show that, like, it was a young boy and his dog Goliath, and they went through stuff in life to teach you morals. So that was my thing with Claymation. Then I saw Wallace and Gromit, not a fan. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Caroline, not a fan. Oh my God. But I am a fan of. Wendell and Wild. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was well done. The story was great. Uh, I just,
1: I, I, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it too. Um, and I think I so crazy to me that you don't like Wallace and Gromit because I love Wallace and Gromit. Um, but we will talk about that later because we are not covering that movie. But for Wendell and Wild, um, we'll kind of get into like the story points and then talk about what makes this movie so fun. Um, so the story follows a younger girl cat. She's, um, at the time. At the beginning of the story, she's about eight and then she's 13. We jump forward five years and it is a story about her. She's kind of, she's orphaned. Um, She's bounced around from place to place and as a last ditch effort, she goes to um, a Catholic girls school back in her old um, hometown of Rust Bank Um, and through there calamity ensues and Well, we'll get into that. One thing I want to say, though, is this movie dabbles so much into the supernatural and everyone just is fine with it. Like no one questions the fact that demons exist. Hell maidens are a real thing. Zombies are out here voting for city council. Like there are so many wild story points that happen and everyone seemingly everyone else in the town is just like, yeah, that's that's normal. I mean, to me, it was so funny how no one questioned the supernatural part of the world.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, when the demons come out, Wendell and, uh, wild, and they come up, and like people are just like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, like, they're just like, "Oh, yeah, accepting." <laughs> I mean, and like even when like the the young boy is with her and he sees them, instead of like freaking out and everything, he's just like, "Demons,
1: demons." It's like and to me that was like the most insane thing. Um so one thing I love about this movie um and we can get into it when we follow the main storyline is that it's very um anti-prison, which I did not really know that going in and I thought it was a really good point to make and I thought it was I thought it was really interesting because we always see big um conglomerates and we always see like big business coming in to destroy a small town and typically we never see that it's going to be a prison we always see that it's like a tech company or this but prisons are slavery it is modern day slavery and i think they did a really good point and they made it really digestible for a broad audience which i thought was really interesting to do for a target a movie targeted more towards a younger generation
0: yeah so i grew i went to florida for about 20 years uh down in Florida, it is basically they're going to send you to prison because yeah. they make money off people being in prison. I had a friend, he went to prison and they made it very hard for him to get out of prison. Like his attorney was court appointed and basically worked for the prosecuting side of the, the thing. So basically, they were in the same boat. He didn't have a good representation, he couldn't afford a good lawyer, and they basically railroaded him into prison. And when he tried to do his appeal, He didn't have money for an attorney, so he had to do it by himself, and it was awful. Uh, He got nothing, and he had to sit and rot, and they made money off him daily from the government.
1: Oh, absolutely, and I think this movie—I'm so sorry to hear about your friend, by the way. It's okay. Um, And especially in this movie, I think they bring that to a really good point. They say, we cram prisons full of people because we make X amount of money off of each person. I didn't know this. I, I had no clue. It's, I mean, if you want to look at a modern day example, we can look at Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon and Whole Foods. Um, they use prison labor to grow their food fruits and vegetables and from that they only pay prisoners about ninety-five cents on the dollar and then they resell avocados for what five dollars? That's all profit that he's making off of modern day slavery. It is so I thought so I'm not gonna get in a tangent about this, but to have this be the main story point I thought was really interesting and really exciting because I feel like now there is a shift um socially about like kind of dismantling um institutions that are old and basically just like harmful to people and i think this one really shows like even um so i thought lax corp like <laughs> it was basically the kkk the way that it was spelled but i thought it was very intentional and i thought it was really interesting that they make i don't know i that they like the, the woman, the, so it's a duo, it's a husband and wife, and the wife says that she wanted to fund this um, New Beginnings uh, juvenile program because she was never hoping that it would work. She was hoping that those juveniles would then become bodies in the prison. So it's like, okay, you're just, you're funneling money into your own pocket off of these people's trage- tragedies, and it's, it's something that happens every day. Yes, 100%.
0: The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Exactly. it's an old saying, but it's so true it's ridiculous.
1: It's so true it's ridiculous. And so this is the main point of the story, is that Kat's parents owned a very, like, prominent brewery that kind of supplied and ran the whole town. Kind of like, imagine, like, an old mill would. That's not, like, how I viewed it, at least. Yeah. And then um, they die in a car accident, and she survives, so she feels guilt about that. And then after their death, she acts out moves away the brewery burns down and kills almost the whole town dead it makes
0: the whole city dead because they don't have any kind of revenue. place to work there's no there's no revenue so basically they're struggling and that's where clax Corpse comes in and they're like hey look you know if we get the votes we will make this prison and you can get jobs but they don't tell them the underlying thing where they're just going to destroy the town
1: they're just going to destroy the town and um so, so then, so then this girl cat, she's trying to defeat them. And through doing this, she becomes something called a hell demon. She's always had this like, and I don't know where it came from. In my mind, it's not explained, but in my mind, since she had a near death experience and then survived it, she's had this like sort of almost power to see the future in certain situations. And she, I don't know. So this is where the movie faults itself a little bit for me is when it doesn't fully explain things. It's like it had so many ideas, and I think overarching ideas hand out really well but I think like smaller things like this why the town and everyone is so just like used to the supernatural kind of unravels and kind of falls apart and the third act gets a little messy because it has these ideas these like ties of family because we have, like, when we talk about Raul as a character, because I think that character was super important, painting this very beautiful mural on all the homes to at being a story about, like, parents protecting their children. That's true, but at the end of the day, it's these children that are saving this town.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think um, with her, when they bring her to face her own demons, I think that's where she got the, the supernatural power because she created her own demon by blaming herself for her parents' death. So I think that they didn't really get into it, but they kind of got into it when they they show her battling it and trying to beat it, and then when they she goes through the the, the wall, she's in the water, and the demon has the, the 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 car with the parents went in, and then she hugs the demon as like like self forgiveness.
1: Right. No, absolutely. What I uh, the incident I was referring to, I'm so sorry, is in the beginning when she first arrives to the school and she sees the brick falling in that like yellow and black scene, and uh. she pushes uh, Siobhan out of the way. Yeah, that was like a pre- that was like a precursor to her power. Yeah, but she was still like kind of seeing the future. But no, totally. And I love that scene because I think when we carry so much trauma and so many burdens, self-forgiveness is the hardest one. And she says it in the beginning of the movie, like, I grew up my whole life thinking I was going to hate myself. Like, my whole life, I was never going to love myself. And to have that self-love, I think, made her gave her her full supernatural ability, and made her able to defeat the big bad, which is Klaxcorp.
0: Yeah, yeah, because at first you think it's the demon that's coming out of the ground, yeah. uh, the father of Wendell and Wilde, but then you realize that he's just a father too, and he just wants what's best for his kids, and it's kind of weird because he's a demon, um, but then you see that it's definitely Claxcourt that's the villain.
1: Absolutely, and I thought it was so funny when Wendell and Wilde were like, dad like for me that was like a twist I don't not a twist but it was like a surprise I was like oh this is their father their father has imprisoned and like enslaved them yeah I just I don't know like I thought the ideas of in, like being trapped being enslaved being imprisoned was very prominent throughout different parts the movie though got a little jumbled for me because there were so many characters yeah and so many side stories that if they I felt like it could have been two and a half hours yeah yeah, there was a lot, and there were good
0: characters. Like all the development of the characters, I liked oh, even the yeah. daughter of uh, Claxcorp. I oh. liked her development because she first she comes off as this spoiled, rotten brat. Then you realize she's not. She's just she's just the kid that wants to be friends with people
1: exactly and to be
0: accepted. And she's never accepted by her parents unless she does what they want.
1: And I thought it was such an interesting. I thought her point, exactly, I totally agree with you. And I think her point of switch was so important because you see her talking to Kat and being like, well, I don't know what you mean. My parents work on detox and rehabilitation and this is like a wellness prison and it's not like normal prisons and we're the good people. Because I feel like when you're within those families, this is the lies that they tell you because it's like, you, you can't know the truth when you're 13 years old. To then her confronting her parents in their like office and they're like, oh, no, like, you're right. This is all about the money. We are all about the money. Welcome to the family business. And seeing that shift in Siobhan, I thought, was really important and really cool because from her being like, hey, KK, to her being on the line fighting, Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was, a. I thought her transformation and story development was so cool, especially when we see Siobhan dead name Raul right in the beginning and kind of blowing it off and being like, oh, I always forget. Like, that's aggression. That's whole transphobia like that's hatefulness so I thought that was really interesting Yeah, and I love the character of Raul I thought he was a great character and I thought it showed that you can have a trans person as a character and not have their whole story center around their transness or like being like a point of virtue just being a character that exists because trans people are everywhere yeah. it's not it's not like you can't have a story with or without them. And I think a lot of storytellers push back on this and being like, well, my story isn't like this. It's, it's hard to insert this character. No, this is a, tr- a story that had a character. Fine. Their transness was already accepted it, and they were just who they were.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like I watch a lot of stories, uh, a lot of movies and shows. And I feel like, like uh, transgender and um, homosexuality, like they overemphasize it. If That makes sense. I mean, like the kind of folk they're like this is it this, you know and you just you look at it you go okay I get it I get it I, you don't have to keep on repeating the fact that these people are 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 transgender or 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 gay uh, you've already established that but now you're overkilling it and it's like take it away from the whole plot
1: yeah it's because these authors don't understand yeah gayness or transness and they just are like okay well I have to have this to meet this quota and they pay no care to it that's why these stories can be so frustrating but in a story like this where it's so seamless and it's so like Raul is a boy he's helping cat fight demons it's kind of weird that he's okay with demons just existing <laughs> yes. but like so is the whole town so who can blame him so I thought I thought it was really interesting and I love I love the I love his message of the mural that he paints over the whole town and his relationship with his mom, which isn't touched on a lot, but his mom's a a single mom as a paralegal who just got fired defending her son's like identity you see it on the phone call real quick she's like i have a son to feed and she was like no i'm not gonna tell you again i have a son and just like um, it's like it's something that should be so automatic and we shouldn't question it and i love that and then to have his whole mural mural be about parents protecting their children Um, And I felt that that was something so close and personal to him. And then it has this universal meeting for Balbazar and Wendell and Wilde and Leroy and Eleanor and Kat and all these other subsets of families within the story. Um, I just thought it was really beautiful. I thought it was really well done. I thought it made me hopeful that every story can have inclusivity and, and characters like this.
0: Yeah, I agree. And what I liked too was the fact that like most of the characters in this were fighting some kind of inner demon or, and he wasn't, he was just, he wasn't, he was just happy with who he was going about his thing, doing his artwork. And you know, he just wanted the best
1: for everybody. Exactly. He just wanted to have friends. He wanted to do art and he wanted to help save the town like everyone else. And he did it in such a fun way. And I love the moments where he's just so blindly accepted because that is how it should be. We should just be accepting everybody. And if you don't, or if you question it, that's within you. That's not anyone else's issue.
0: Oh, 100%. Uh, most people, like I find, most people have their inner doubts, their inner demons that they battle. And it shows in this with, like, you know, the characters. They have their inner demons they're fighting and they have to overcome them. And, you know, it's it's struggle. I think everybody in the world, not like, not the class everybody in the thing, but I think everybody has some kind of thing that they, they inside them, that they fear or that they think people are going to judge them on or they think there's, holding them back that they're scared that you know and once you break that once you overcome your own inner demons the world's yours
1: oh absolutely and i think to bring it back to this movie is the point is that once you embrace who you are and accept everyone around you together you're stronger like you're absolutely stronger together and it, it one of my favorite scenes of the movie because i love i loved how bonkers it was was when all the zombies were charging in the bulldozers and then you just have these, like, normal people just, like, fighting them. I thought it was... I thought it was so cool. It's done to one of my favorite songs, Wolf Like Me by TV on the radio. I thought it was such a fun scene. Yeah,
0: I agree. I mean, I find myself enjoying the fact when, when common people come together to, to stop injustice. Exactly. Know? Like, even... Uh, what was that? Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I love Sonic the When Hedgehog. they come to, to save Sonic. I mean, yeah. it, it, it makes... It's just, We all want to see that from people. We all want to see people stand up for injustice instead of sitting back and letting corporations and letting you know, things run over them, standing up for themselves and saying, exactly. hey, look, enough's enough. I want, it, I want the world right. And that's what basically everything should be. The world, we should stand up together and want the world right.
1: I totally agree. Um, and I think people get within their own minds and their own prejudices and they and they can't see that. They I feel like people lose sight of the main message time and time again. So that's why I like when we watch movies like this, and we see that this is a new movie that came out. It just came out in October, um, and it's and it's and it's having this content that is hopeful, and it's inclusive, and it's fun, and it does, and it's not it's not preachy. It's just true, which is my biggest thing.
0: Yeah, I thought the funniest thing was the fact that it was hair cream that could
1: bring back. That. Oh my God, the <laughs> hair cream just like. It was so funny, like, and then my favorite part was when he was like, guys, why do you think you have to do this all the time? Because it doesn't last. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, you're bald. Right? But then like, okay, so let's get into some of the characters and dynamics of the story because there are so many. And the movie was only an hour 45. Easily could have been longer, yes. I thought, because one of a, a dynamic I would like explored or at least like a subset show or movie from was Sister he- Helly and um, the janitor, whose name I'm forgetting right now.
0: Yeah, the Demon Slayer.
1: Oh, my God. He was so cool. We got a Demon Slayer in a wheelchair with no feet. (laughs) I love his, like, little sandal shoes. (laughs) And the sister, Helly, who is voiced by the amazing Angela Bassett. And I just thought that their dynamic was so cool. Like, him training her, her rebelling against him. Like I was like, I want, this is a one-off conversation, but I want more because I'm compelled. Okay, so what it reminded me of was Blade. It did remind, okay. Yep. Oh, my Blade. God, like Chris Christopherson yes. and Blade. Yes. <gasps> now yes. that you say it, yeah. I can't unsee it. Right?
0: It's, 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 if you watch this movie and you look at it, it's just like, the, it, that, the comparison of those two is just like
1: Blade. Those two people are that, yeah. oh, my God, now I can't, I can't unsee this. Oh, my God. And I love Blade. Also, they're doing Blade. They're coming. We got, okay, I'm not going to get into this. Yeah, but that is such a good point because it's the same thing you're using this person to live out your own desires and fantasies through capturing demons or killing vampires. Amazing. Now I can't unsee it. And I like the movie even more. And now I want them to have their own show even more. Right? I liked it too. I thought they, they, they...
0: The banter between them it was great. It was great. And um, I wanted to learn more about sister Ellie. I, I was like, "Well, what, 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 what's her backstory?"
1: Yeah, like, how did she come to the school? I, yeah, how did she come to the school? How is she doing what she's doing? I loved it. I loved that she was like, "When I love." Okay, so a protagonist like Cat is very fun. Yes, and my favorite thing is when you have the precocious child who knows everything which is Cap because she's like, don't tell me. And then you have Sister Heli being like, I was you. Can you just shut up and listen? Because I think so often we let like these young protagonists just like run through and just like do whatever they want without any regard. But it's like, you have to listen. And I loved I loved their relationship. And I loved when Sister Helly was like, let's become bonded. I'm going to help you through this. And then I think his name was Mambarge. I, I don't really remember. And he was like, this could kill you. And she's like, I believe that it won't. And you can see, like, that, their love for each other. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> it
0: was a good movie. And uh, it, it got a little pushback at the beginning because um, I guess the, the director is the same director for uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. So,
1: yes. it did, And it's not pushback, but I think... Um, Henry Selleck, I think, is very overlooked as a director because everyone talks about Nightmare Before Christmas as Tim Burton's movie. It's Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Um, Henry Selleck directed that, and he co-wrote that as well. So it's it's not just Tim Burton. But I think you can see that same kind of animation style and that same kind of fantastical horror in Wendell and Wilde. You had it in Coraline and you have it in Wendell and Wilde. And what I like about it is that within the creatures he creates and within these people that he creates and the way he animates them, it is so absurd and fun. Like, I never know what's going to happen next. The nuns that look like little turtles and penguins. Oh my God. Hysterical. Like, the the headmaster priest like got hit in the head so then like when he came back to life his head was like slumped down below like i thought it i had no idea what was gonna happen next i thought it was so fun and crazy and yeah and this movie i do feel like did get buried by netflix i mean it has a very anti-prison message it has a very um prominent trans character every major player in it is a person of color like i and i i can see why it didn't do the numbers that they thought it would
0: yeah, especially if you know, if Netflix isn't actually pushing it, they're just like letting it be. Yeah, you know, like that's so like anything in life. If you just let it be, it's not going to get
1: any. You, you gotta you gotta water the flower to make it grow. Absolutely, and um, so I thought it was really interesting. I loved it. I thought it got a little. We can go back to how many characters there were and how confuzzled it got because Wendell and Wild carry the show. They're like the Rosencrantz and Gildenstein of this movie there i think key and peel have the great the greatest dynamic when they work with each other they play off each other so well it's so fun and i think that i wanted to see more of them with cat half of the movie they were separated yeah yeah they were doing their own things which yep. is which is fine but i wanted i wanted more of them together yeah and um
0: their banter when they were together was fun oh, it was so fun you know and like she was because she's a protagonist she's like you know against whatever they say and they're demons trying to manipulate her, you know, and finally they do, but it's for a reason. They, like they get her to, to yeah. swear allegiance, but the only reason they do this because she wants her parents brought back.
1: Which is, I thought, very interesting because as if any of you guys have listened to our Hellraiser episode, Hell, um the main protagonist in that gets involved with Hellraiser because she wants her brother brought back. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about
0: bringing back the dead.
1: It's all about bringing back the dead, but you know that you can't. And I think in both movies, the the sentiment of nothing o- nothing always lasts. Nothing lasts. Yeah, it's
0: not your hair, not, not your, your hair. life.
1: Yeah, nothing. nothing. The only thing that binds us is love. Yeah, And
0: I think like the funny part of this is the main reason Wendell and Wild come back is because they want to build a theme park.
1: <laughs> oh my God, they want to build the fair. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how it's so funny that the fair lives on this dude's belly? Yeah. <laughs> Just like, on the on their father demon's belly. So he's a big
0: demon and Wendell and Wilde actually lived in his nose. Yeah. yeah. So it was and he blows them out like he he blows out what he thinks is Wendell and Wilde at one point and it's just like like book not snot.
1: And he's <laughs> like he's like, You don't look well I'm like, Oh He's <laughs> yeah. like you guys look really sick. Yeah. And then I thought it was funny too, because then you see something I don't think we see often, which is Like um, parental, I don't want to say regret, but like parental regret, because you see um, the father demon kind of lamenting the fact that he's had all these children and they've gone off and they've never come home. And we see that with a lot of parents um, and children who have who feel like they have unsatisfactory like um, upbringings, they'll just leave and they won't come back. And the best part was when Man Barge was like, "Nah, I captured them all. (laughs) They're my army." Well, sadly,
0: I feel like anybody can have a child, but not everybody can be a parent.
1: I fully agree with that. Yeah. So that,
0: that's basically what I got out of this. I mean, he, he definitely had children, but he wasn't a parent. Even with Wendell and Wilde, he
1: wasn't a parent to them. He, he was en- more like a controller. Yeah, he enslaved them. Yeah. I didn't know that they, he was their father until Wendell and Wilde were like, Dad? <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I see that, I see that in real life. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Did you, I work in retail, you work in retail and I've watched like with parents interacting with their children. Some parents are just so verbally abusive and I just stare at them and I want to intervene, but I'm like, you know what? It's not my place. I shouldn't say anything. I'm just going to sit back and do my thing because it's just a can of worms you don't want to get into.
1: It is. And then you never want to step up, especially like when you're in a workplace setting, like yeah. you don't know what could happen or what could pop off. Um, but no i see it and it's so true and this is why without getting too preachy or on a tangent but this is why we have to have health care that actually supports this because getting pregnant is not this like biblical miracle everyone thinks it is anyone can get pregnant but not everyone should be parents we should allow women and families to have this openness and free will to choose what they want to do with their bodies right. so yep i agree
0: it's 100 percent. in this movie you see that the the father demon he should have never been a parent
1: (laughs) he never should have been a parent he should have just been this like ringmaster that he wanted to be with the circus on his belly i don't know and i think it's great like he
0: busts through the world to come out to get his children but then like you know you're a demon like the concept of a demon coming to the the world is to take over the world and this guy has no desire to take over the world he just he's up there because they stole his hair cream
1: they stole his hair cream and he literally just wants to like chill in hell with affair going on on his stomach the the way that this world accepts the supernatural I have said it once and I'll say it again it makes no sense to the point where they're doing a vote so Wendell and Wilde are schemers at the end of the day they're demons they're schemers they scheme to bring back all the old guard that would vote for the prison they go to a council meeting full of actual human beings and vote as zombies and everyone's like yep it's passed what and then When they get arrested, they bring back zombie uh, brewers to be like, yep, these people started the fire. No one questions it. Everyone's like, oh, these are the witnesses. Yep. Oh, these are the votes. Yep. What? These people, you already just said these people have been dead for 20 years and now we're just going to allow
0: them to vote? I think that was kind of the concept of we're blind to the stuff around
1: us. I think so. Oh, yeah. totally.
0: And that feeds into like the prison systems, yeah. and corporations. I think they're they're saying like Americans and other countries are blind to the big corporations and what they do. Oh, and of course, we just accept. And I think that's what that was. That was it's like a, a way of them to saying like we're so commonly accepting stuff that you know we're oblivious to reality,
1: which is true because here demons are bursting through the graveyard. We got zombies voting in com- in in the city council being witnesses. I don't know. It was so funny to me yeah. that I was just like... what was it? Um,
0: a few years ago when they were doing the presidential election votes, they found like people people that were dead for like oh yeah, we're like voting, we're voting. So I see it. I I get it. I mean, I get what they were trying to say, and it's true. It's, it's true. true. I mean, big corporations can manipulate the little man into believing anything.
1: Absolutely, and we see Klan Clax court. I don't it's basically the KK the the imagery and the way that they spell things is so very clear to the point where they all have like this very like bleached white hair that is then on the father a wig I thought that was hysterical I was like okay
0: yeah it was pretty funny so I, I like totally enjoyed the movie. I think that if you, you get a chance, you should watch it. If you're a fan of Climation, you're going to absolutely love it. If you're not a fan of Climation, you're going to absolutely love it because it was very well done.
1: It was very well done. And I think it's super accessible. It's super fun. And it's it's just like a great movie. Would I recommend it for kids like 12 and under? No, absolutely not. Yeah, there's a lot of adult content. There's It's very adult. But teens young adults adults I think it's I think it's a fun movie it get you get you out of that Disney sort of cycle and just go and watch it support it support Jordan Peele support films like this that have this like effortless like inclusivity that like we want because that's what our world's becoming and this I just felt was so topical and fun it, it's a great movie yes it, we've talked about how it gets a little messy and it could be longer but we're nitpicking because that's what we do right, right we're- we're here to be film critics exactly <laughs> but it's it's so fun i can't recommend it enough it, it's just it's just a fun watch
0: yeah and i 100 again recommend it you get a chance again it gets away from like the stereotypical disney like everything's rosy and peachy because in life everything's not rosy and peachy
1: it's not and i mean it does follow the formula of she is orphaned or as i would like to call disney princess because no <laughs> disney princesses have uh, parents <laughs> They just have stepmothers. Right, right. Oh, no, no,
0: no, no. What about the girl from, a t- uh, not Tangled, but uh, the redhead. Oh, Brave. 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 Had parents, you're right. Yes, she had parents. Okay,
1: uh, I'm wrong, but right. most of the time. And, well, Ariel's got a dad. But Ariel is also dumb. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, being a Disney princess means you don't have a mom. Yes. So, I have nothing else to add to this.
0: I, again, think it was great. What Anything else?
1: I have nothing else to add, but we do have some exciting things coming from our main host, the Wizard of Waz himself. Ben, do you want to talk about the projects that you have upcoming? Uh, so I have a couple of silly songs
0: that were put on Spotify, so I'm technically a recording artist. Hey! <laughs> it's silly, silly, silly. On December 2nd, I have a book I wrote being released on kindle so fun exciting times
1: it's Uh, very fun exciting i have read it i highly recommend it if you're a fan of short stories if you're a fan of comedy if you're a fan of like subtly veiled life lessons and if you just want to have a good easy fun read for the holidays get it for your friends get it for yourself and support us in every way that you can.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff going on with uh, our podcast and everything in our our general little group. I mean, we still got uh, First and Fanatics um, up and coming. What's happening is getting more notoriety. Uh, the book's coming out. So fun things are coming.
1: And we just want to reiterate that we couldn't do any of this without you guys. You tune in. You listen to us. You support us. And we're always here for you. So we think, I can't thank you enough. This means the world to me. Sometimes I feel like I'm just shouting at the void. But... You guys make it worth it. 100%.
0: And I'd like to thank everybody that's internationally listening to us and nationally listening to us. Again, we greatly appreciate it. And we want you to tune in next week to What's Happening.